Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 3 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread, and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Welcome to another Common Ground Unity Podcast where we have discussions between unity-minded believers who have an interest in being an answer to the prayer of Jesus in John 17, that his followers would be one. So we have a great conversation in store for us in just a couple of moments with two brothers that are uh, working towards the kind of unity that we talk about regularly on this broadcast. And it's, it's relationally, as we often say. Our motto is, unity starts with a cup of coffee. In other words, it starts with getting together with people, believers in your own town, and building those relationships that are centered in in Christ. So before I introduce our guest, I want to just mention that our co-host, Tina Bruner, is away. Tina is uh, often somewhere in the world uh, serving Jesus and serving others, and, and that's certainly the case now. So she'll be away this podcast and next, and we'll welcome her back. So blessings to you out there, Tina, in uh, whatever you're doing to serve God. I want to mention as well that We've been mentioning this lately of giving you opportunities to fellowship with us financially in Common Ground Unity, and want to encourage you uh, to perhaps take the opportunity to do just that. We're trying to step up our work in building bridges and building unity in these uh, congregations that, that have an interest in just being Christians and just following Jesus Christ. One of the things we've done recently is we've added Drew Baker, who's coming on board as an associate executive director to give more attention to the work that we're trying to do in this way and in many others. Uh, We also want to help coach and build gatherings around the world. We just had a Common Grounds Unity gathering start in Sydney, Australia. So this is a movement of, of churches coming together, not only in the United States, but literally around the world. And what if we could coach and help come alongside many more Uh, to make it happen on a large scale. So uh, there's ways that the Spirit is at work. The Spirit moves in these shared spaces. Please join with us. You can look in the show notes and find some ways to help support this ministry. So our guests today are Troy Burns and Henry Holub. And let me say a couple of things about these two men, uh, just by way of introduction, and then why we've asked them to come on the podcast today. Troy Burns, was born in Western Washington. He's lived in the Spokane, Washington area for over 40 years. Played baseball, basketball, and football in high school. Earned a BA in English from Whitworth University. Then he was later educated in sacred literature at Northwest College of the Bible, as well as theological studies at Cincinnati Bible Seminary. He served as Sunrise Church of Christ's youth minister up in the Spokane area for more than 13 years, and then later Uh, stepped into the role as senior minister. Troy's prayer and passion is for God to use him in making disciples while presenting God's word in a genuine, engaging, and relevant manner. Troy and his wife, Kelly, have three children, uh, so it's good to have Troy with us on the broadcast. And then 
Henry Holland was born and raised in Northwest Texas, but he now lives uh, in Spokane, Washington. Uh, he and I spoke a little earlier, and we've got some common connections down in the Texas area. He serves as the lead minister at the Northside Church of Christ there in Spokane. He holds an undergraduate ministry degree from Abilene Christian University and a Master's of Arts in Theology from Phillips Theological Seminary, which is connected with the Disciples of Christ. And he his studies focused on the relationship between culture and Christology. At Phillips, he developed deep relationships with students who now pastor churches in various traditions, and this experience solidified his desire for unity. He has a passion for sharing a grounded, practical faith. He loves sharing the outdoors with his family, friends, and church. He is a PTA president. Now, that's impressive <laughs> in and of itself. And it says here he's a personal chef to his wife, Lindsay, and children, Hunter, Hadley, and Hayes, and he spends his free time skiing and reading. Uh, so uh, welcome, guys, to the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Glad to have you with us. It's good to be here, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, these two guys lead churches in the Spokane area. Sunrise, where Troy serves, is uh, in the stream of the restoration movement of the Christian churches and churches of Christ. And uh, Henry is in the stream of churches that are historically in the a cappella tradition of congregations. And these two um, have a heart for unity and decided to bring their congregations together uh, for worship and service. And so they've had a number of joint assemblies together to worship together, and they're finding ways to serve together in their community. And that made uh, what they were doing together of interest to us here on Common Grounds Unity. So uh, welcome, guys. And and if you could each just take a moment, maybe starting with you, Troy, and tell us a little bit about uh, your background, kind of your life in, in ministry and your spiritual journey. And then, Henry, if you'd do the same. Cool. Yeah, appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here with my friend Henry, and, and nice to meet you guys. Uh, I grew up, uh, my mom took me to church when I was a kid, uh, which I always have appreciated as a foundation. Uh, when I got into high school and college the first time, um, I got busy with sports and work and other things and, and really, really kind of drifted away. I, I still had that uh, you know, kind of that seed of faith, um, but I just wasn't really involved in church and ministry and those things. And then uh, after my wife and I had been married a few years, probably in my mid-20s or so, um, we both just, we hadn't even had children yet, but we knew that we wanted kids and we knew that we wanted to raise them in church. And so just knowing that even a few years before they arrived, um, it just got us uh to want to be involved in church like we wanted to be established somewhere and, and serving before our kids came into the world and so i always feel like uh, god used our kids to to get us back to him so to speak uh, even before they were here and so um, and then from that point it was uh, the minister at the time a man named uh, dave was really good with me had me uh, Lead, lead an adult small group and then a young adult small group and then part-time youth minister, full-time youth minister. Uh, so, and just kind of grew up that way and more and more became to where it was more and more full-time. Uh, I had a little Christian school there for a while that I would help with. Um, and that was, uh, like you said in the intro, a little over 13 years. And then uh, they, a uh, few years, uh, there was a few years there where I was just volunteering and not on staff. 
um, just for kind of family schedule reasons and things. And then uh, they called me to the senior minister position in 2016. So uh, going on pretty close to seven years now, I've uh, been in the preaching minister role. And um, I miss youth ministry a lot. I have a, a really a heart for young people, but but I think that God uh, had me in this role for a reason as well. And, and I think one of those is just this chance we've had to, to do things with Henry and Northside and the elders there. And uh, it's been really great to to try to grow and do more of those things together. So really excited. Wow, thank yeah. you, Troy. Henry, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I grew up in Texas. Um, my dad was a minister. So, um, you know, church was a community that we were part of and a place that we were at rather constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in a small town just north of Abilene called Stamford for uh, the first half of my life. And then, um, moved to Graham, Texas, uh, where my dad continued on in ministry in a few different roles there. Um, then I went to, uh, ACU, um, after swearing that the last thing I would do is full-time ministry. I, (laughs) I ended up with a ministry degree, um, and started, I, even while I was in school was working for, uh, churches either volunteering as the youth minister at you know small country church outside of town, or then got hired on uh, part time at another. Um, I had good connections because of my dad, because of, of his connections. So I got an opportunity to go um, do kind of a residency program for a few years under Tim Henderson at Shiloh and Tyler, which we talked about beforehand, and then went to Oklahoma to Altus, to Tamarack Road, and was the youth minister there for a few years. And then um, uh, when our the minister left, um, we uh, I filled in while they tried to hire a guy, and they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those, those filling ins can lead to, uh, lead to things, can't they? Yeah, they really can. So we, uh, we did that for a few years, but um, my wife and I love being outdoors. We love being in the mountains. We found ourselves vacationing in places like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Finally, after like a, a 99 degree February day, we looked at each other. It's like, we don't have to live here. <laughs> um, oh, I, I, I've had some of those Texas. Yes. Over 99 degree days. Yeah. I get yeah and you, the Lord, the Lord used that to call you to the Northwest. Yeah, uh, I'm a firm believer that God provides opportunities. Um, yes. God is not moving me like a chess piece, but uh, as long as I'm doing what God would have me do where I do it is kind of secondary. So we looked yeah. at opportunities and Spokane came up. We uh, met the church, loved um, what we could get to know about them in the span of two and a half days, which really isn't a long enough time to get to know a church. But um, <laughs> right. everything right. that we felt then has been confirmed since. So we've, we've landed in a good place and it's provided a lot of opportunities that we didn't foresee like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, we both know and love a lot of Texans and Texas, but I'm glad both of you guys are up in the Northwest because there's a great need up there for representatives of Jesus Christ. And you two seem to be representing well. Tell us a little bit about uh, your two congregations uh, working together and building unity. What kind of led up to and, and brought that together. And tell us a little bit about that first combined service. Here's a, uh, a congregation in the instrumental stream and a congregation of the more acapella tradition. That's a big step. And I'd uh, love to hear about it. 
If you want to go ahead and play leadoff, I'll follow you up. Yeah. Uh, it's and I've 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 said this before, but uh, uh, Henry really is the one who got the ball rolling with this, um, which I think was necessary um, just from previous efforts and past leaders and things. It was really difficult for it to happen the way it just wasn't going to happen to the to the level that it is now. So he stopped by in early 2020, just popped by the church building, had no idea who he was, but he came <laughs> in, introduced himself and. Uh, it was, uh, it was really, it was really cool. I was, I was excited. And then a month or two later, all the COVID stuff hit and just really, really derailed much that we could do. You know, we, for a while there, we weren't even having in-person services in either place, just doing things by video, all that, but, but just stayed in touch a little bit. And then when that, when that kind of eased off where we could really start doing more together, just, uh, Henry was right back on it. Hey, we can, Let's get our leaders together. So we got our elders together and uh, things just kind of grew from there. Uh, the, the first, uh, I know Henry wants to talk to and he's a better talker than me, but, but when we had our, when we had our first uh, combined service, it was, it was just really exciting. Cause like I say, when we had tried efforts years ago, it just wasn't going to happen to that uh, level. And so we, we had acapella music, but it was at our building our, our church building at sunrise. And so just to be there knowing that, that, you know, that we use instruments and seeing a drum set on the stage and things like that, um, was just very exciting to have that whole group together. And the, the place was quite full, which was exciting in general, but also coming off of, of COVID and, you know, first, first few gatherings, maybe 30, 40 people, you know, just because trying to come back and, and just the people from Northside were so, excited to see us and so welcoming to us and i think it was reciprocated like we were very excited to see them too and so it just was it, it felt a little bit like a family reunion of, of families that hadn't even largely met each other yeah. but it had that feel to it, a lot of excitement and just uh, uh can't say enough good about it really so yeah it was um honestly we got to it a lot quicker than i thought we would mm -hmm. Um, and I think I, I said this when we, we did a short conversation before, um, I think a lot of that had to do with COVID. Um, the, the norm had been disrupted for a long enough period of time that coming back together had, had the, even when we had gotten back together, so much of it had been abnormal, um, that we could throw in one more abnormal event and people could kind of roll with it. Yeah. Um, and, and so this was, I think, an opportunity. Um, kudos to our church leaderships that saw that opportunity. Yeah. Um, first worship service um, I knew probably needed to be all acapella just to make the introductions and ensure mm -hmm. involvement. Doing that meant definitely going over to Sunrise. Mm -hmm. um, we split participation between members. And then our elders got together at the end of service, everybody on the stage, um, made a, a statement that um, not only are we in, in favor of what has happened today, but we are in favor of continuing and growing this relationship. Mm -hmm. So that service ended with a look to the future, which was, it was very much um, a good thing. There was not, oh, so we've done that. We can check that off of the list of things we've tried and, yeah. and shelve it. It was, all right, this is good. What's next? And yeah. coming off of the first service, that was the most common question mm -hmm. I got from any of our members. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, what's next? Yeah. There, there was yeah. no feeling that it needed to, to be a one and done. It was very much mm -hmm. a, 
how can we continue this? Yeah. And and did the two of you uh, share the preaching in that first service? How did just the yeah. nuts and bolts of the service? What did that look like? Yeah, we wanted to do that. I, co-preaching is something I'd done a few times um, with with some other people. Um, I think there's a unique flow when you can have both voices participating. I think it's an important show of unity on our end for um, for us to share that space. Um, we got together a couple of times beforehand and looked at passages and kind of talked about how we were going to do it. Um, Troy um, went first, uh, 10 or 15 minutes of kind of of working through the text. And the whole time he's going, I'm over there scrambling, scribbling yeah. notes in my Bible, like, okay, how can I make yeah. these connections? And yeah, uh, <laughs> he was awesome at that. It was, yeah, yeah I kind of thrive on that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that lack of, of, it was a very um, elastic situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got to jump up and follow up. I think it went really well. The number of people who commented on how much fun it was here to hear multiple voices mm-hmm. in a sermon yeah. format was uh, was high. Um, yeah. What, and what then, were some of your guys? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That's, I, didn't mean to jump in. I was going to say that's why we've kind of continued that pattern in some form or another since. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me a little bit about what kinds of fears and, and apprehensions you might have had leading up to this uh, combined service and, and the whole collaboration together. Uh, not, a, not a lot on my end. Um, be, and I think some of it is just because I'm a relatively low anxiety person. So one of the, it was one of those things like, okay, if this doesn't go well, we've tried. Mm-hmm we can shelve it and circle back to it. It was never going to be a, a no try for me. And then it may have been like, okay, so a combined service doesn't work. What are some other options for, for us to, to do things together? Um, I think anytime you're in a ministry role, um, there may be a piece that's okay. What are people going to, who's going to be frustrated by doing this? Um, but I, I didn't have anybody that I was really concerned about that with. Um, especially not for the first service when it was going to be acapella. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the biggest anxiety that kept getting brought up by s- different voices along the way is what happens to the visitors who show up at our building? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we have a visitor to most Sundays. And so we posted signage. We left, um, I think one of our elders ended up staying behind and hanging out by the doors for the first uh little bit of service it's only like what three minutes from our building to your building yeah. so oh, yeah wow no and that, yeah and that's walking no yeah really, no it, that's a drive I'd say but running but you yeah. have to call an ambulance for me about yeah. halfway there so. yeah no it's very it's very close probably probably less than a mile right yeah it's yeah. not it's not not far, far. yeah uh, so that was easy enough to facilitate yeah um, those were kind of the the only voiced concerns on, on a personal end again for me, it's just all right. Like, this is a this is what we want to do. Let's do it and see what happens. Yeah. So Henry, um, you you yeah. made. Oh, go ahead, Troy. No, I just was going to say that he's low anxiety person. I'm more of a high anxiety person. So I was uh, I wasn't necessarily worried about it, but it was more just because I had seen things before Henry was even up here. Just seen things in the past of of how we tried things, and it just you know, it didn't work. It wasn't going to happen. It, it was some leaders in place and not, not to, to bash anybody, but it just, they just weren't 
ready for that. They weren't comfortable to, to get to that point. And so I had this feeling of like, oh boy, there's going to be all this fallout, all these upset people. And we've tried this before. It'll never work. And you know, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to add that, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Henry, how long did you wait? You made the initial contact by going to Sunrise and meeting Troy. What, what kind of impelled you to do that? Was it something you'd been planning to do for a while or was it impulsive? Hey, I'll stop in. Oh, with me, it's always impulsive. Um, (laughs) No, so when when I interviewed, actually, one of the things that I was curious of was what the church makeup in Spokane was. Um, And so I was, you know, how many churches of Christ are there? Because I've been in Tyler where I think in and around the the, the heart of Tyler, there are like 21 or 22 churches of Christ. In Abilene, it's 5,278. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And in, in Spokane, it's like seven. Um, at the most. At the most. <laughs> that's if you include, that's if you, you loop in Coeur d'Alene, which is, yeah. you know, 40 minutes away and over in Idaho. Exactly. But one of them, Sunrise Church of Christ, was a stone's throw from the church that I was interviewing. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and because I, I, even though I've, um, gotten to know people outside the, the churches of Christ, I always forget that when uh, you get further north in the Midwest, uh, Christian churches very often have Church of Christ on the the name as opposed to Christian church. Mm-hmm. And so I asked in my interview, hey, what can you tell me about the Church of Christ that's just down the street? And it was like, oh, yeah, no, they're, um, they're independent Christian church. They're not something along the lines. Like, they're not one of ours. Um, and you could just, there, there was a lot of kind of uncertainty in the response and, um, there hadn't been a lot of crossover. I was like, okay, I'm filing that, that one away. And if I right. end up in Spokane, I'm going to go meet Troy. And I actually talked with, um, the guy who'd been the minister here before yeah. and he and Troy had gotten to know each other and were friends. Mm-hmm. So he was very much in favor of it, um, and kind of helped, you know, uh, encourage me that direction. Like, oh yeah, no, you need to go over and meet Troy and get, get to know them. Um, but even when I asked him, he had said that there had been some past attempts and it hadn't really gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I knew coming here that I was going to go over and meet Troy. Oh, that's great. That, that was in your heart from the get go. I've yes. heard that term before, you know, they're, they're not one of our churches and yeah, I've often yeah. thought, well, if they're one of his churches, then we, we ought to, be building some uh, some teamwork together. We, they're they're his, then they're ours. And, yeah, uh, I love the way you took the uh, proactive approach there, and good things are coming from that. Hey, everybody! We'll be right back with the rest of this episode. We want to take a moment to thank Mission Alive and Central Christian College of the Bible for sponsoring this episode. Mission Alive equips leaders to start innovative communities of faith focused on transforming marginal communities. They provide church planning training, apprenticeships, consulting, and discipleship cohorts, among other resources. They can also train you to be a nationally accredited coach through Catalyze Coach Training. This 28-week credential will equip you to impact and transform your church organization leadership and ministry. Learn how God can transform your life and ministry by going to missionalive.org. That's missionalive.org or emailing them at contact at missionalive.org. And Central Christian College of the Bible has low-cost, innovative, and flexible master's programs 
in ministry leadership and preaching that they want you to know about. These two-year programs are designed to be one-third online, one-third on campus, and one-third supervised ministry by an expert in your interest area. The mentoring courses can offer credit in your local ministry. Graduates like Dr. Don Mahardy and Jonathan Curtis are impacting the kingdom in deeper, more meaningful ways because of their education at CCCB. So find out more at cccb.edu front slash graduate. That's cccb.edu front slash graduate. Did you guys face any opposition? Have you had any difficulties or setbacks or discouraging moments uh, along the way? Not particularly. I, we had a, uh, we did a couple of summer gatherings um, just in the city park. And the second one we did was not well attended, but it was also a hundred degrees that day. Mm-hmm. And in Texas in the summer, that's like still outside weather, but in Oklahoma, people start wilting or in, uh, in Washington, wow. <laughs> And people start wilting around 80 degrees. Yeah. So yes. some of that you can you can attribute to the fact that it was just hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But no, I that think... It changes the mood in and of itself. It really does. You move from, from singing upbeat songs to dirges when it gets that hot. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> suffering is so great. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 we haven't really had any uh, negative. It's, it's, uh, it's honestly more... In, at least in the past, it's been more difficult on the acapella side to, you know, be be willing to do things with an instrumental group. Um, from from our side, there's not as much concern that way. Other than other than we, you know, don't want to offend them or or do anything that would make them not want to hang out with us. So, <laughs> yeah. And on our end, like a, a decent percentage of our Sunday morning, like population, didn't grow up in the Church of Christ. Yeah. Um, so we have a very like diverse background amongst people. So like sometimes some of the stuff that gets talked about, I'll have somebody come up, ask me, it's like, okay, so why is this an issue again? It's like, yeah. that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. We're at a, at a certain point, I think in, in our own lives where there are many people who don't know the old issues that separate them or why they were issues to begin with. Not true in certain parts of the country as in others, but, uh, yeah. Wow. So how many times have you guys come together um, in, in different ways? Uh, so there's three Sunday morning services. Mm-hmm. There's the Christmas Eve service, a couple of park gatherings, and a couple of trunk or treats. Yeah, kind of neighborhood type events like trunk yeah. or treat. Also, the uh, summer. The, um, what'd you call the parking lot bash? The yeah, we, we did school, a block party block, at the church block building. Party, so some uh, kind of uh, neighborhood events we're, like that. We're somewhere between eight and 10. If you don't count just church leadership getting together, our elders have gotten together for lunch. We're doing that again yeah, next two, week, right? Next, next Tuesday. Got to add yeah. that to my calendar. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Henry, <laughs> hopefully Henry will show up. Yeah. So, oh, there's, yeah. there's that relationship piece. Let, let me, let me ask you guys as you, as you kind of process all that you've come to up to this point with these gatherings and this building of unity, how has it, you know, transformed your congregations? How has it brought renewal? How has it, uh, how have these moves toward unity uh, helped your outreach and your witness in the local community? So the, the 
first that I would point out is I really think that that first gathering, um, the, the first Sunday morning service we did together, which was the week after Easter, um, shortly after um, kind of the last round of COVID restrictions had lifted, mm-hmm. was the most excited I had seen uh, the Northside congregation in my, at that point, two and a half years here. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I got here in January of 20, um, COVID hit, things became odd um, and stayed that way, whether it was two services or gathering, no singing or the uh, mask mandates where I knew um, my church really well from about the nose up, but not so much from the <laughs> nose down. Um, I, I, I was really not able to get to know people. It felt like, um, and that was, I, I don't, I'm not sure how big a role the fact that we were together played in spurring that excitement, but in combination with everything else that was going on, that was a moment where um, our church was spiritually uplifted in a way that was very necessary at that moment. And I think how important that moment was to the bulk of our congregation has played a role in the continuing desire to do stuff together because that excitement Mm -hmm. continues to be a part of those gatherings. Yeah, that's I, I I wouldn't have a lot to add add to that other than that's really how it was for our people too. Just having a having a building that was pretty full. I just walked around and took some pictures pictures of just so many uh, seats being filled and just the uh, the you know hearing that was I appreciated actually the acapella singing because you could just really hear everybody's voices even though we typically have some you know guitar and that um, but just hearing so many voices all together and and just the just the excitement and, and the way that it was just encouraging to see people talking to each other and like, Hey, we, we can't wait to see you again, do this again. So it yep. just felt like, felt like sparking some momentum. It's just uh, something that you could just kind of almost feel in the air and feeling people's conversations. Um, and it just uh, makes us excited for the next thing we have coming up. So. Yeah. Well, and I think the fact that we are only three minutes apart and in the same neighborhood and, yeah. Like several, a, a few of y'all's members teach at Ridgeview Elementary, which is just down the street from our church, right. where we have a number of volunteers that work every day. So yeah. that's been kind of a natural ground where our members, even though it hasn't been like an official program, have ended up crossing paths, working together with kids and families in the neighborhood. Yeah, um, that that's been um, kind of the the missional neighborhood portion, mm-hmm. and. Again, it hasn't been intentional, like it's not like a planned program, but I think it's the natural outcome of our people realizing, oh, we're already together in this space. Yeah. Now we're mm-hmm. serving together in this space with what we were already doing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I'd like to ask you a question specifically, Henry, and then you one specifically, Troy. Um, I'd, I'd like to ask you, Henry, you know, coming from Texas, where you mentioned a couple of moments ago, you know, there's just... It seems like there's churches of Christ around every corner, although, you know, there's decline in yeah. every state, including the, the Bible Belt states, um, that, that's recognizable now more than, than in the past 20 years. However, you know, coming from places where churches of Christ were so strong, did moving to Spokane kind of uh, compel you even more to reach out to a brother in a instrumental church? Did, did just that awareness of being at a place where they're 
weren't as many of our church. How did that factor into this impulse? To it's I think it's out? certainly it's certainly easier. Um, I think um, whether it was stated or felt, uh, however you wanted to decide that, there was always this feeling of um, we. There are enough of our neighbors here that we do stuff with our people. There's a comfort and a familiarity. Um, you know, when I was in Oklahoma, um, there's another Church of Christ, a little bit larger than us there in town. Then there are all of these country churches and every farming community, 15 minutes in any direction. And they tended to all have people that knew each other, uh, that had been to church together at different points. That, um, so there, I don't know if need is the right word, but there was certainly no felt need to build relationships with um, brothers and sisters outside that circle, especially when, in some of those cases, we were having a difficult enough time building relationships with those who were inside the circle. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Um, I think when you have that familiarity, there's a reason you're not together. Um, and so there are all of these other issues and slights, some that date back, you know, 40, 50, 60 years of why people who um, agree on 99.999% of stuff aren't in the same space worshiping together on Sunday. Um, yeah. Yeah. Henry, I, I, let me just go back to what you said there, being in Texas and then being out on the West Coast. It just seems like it, it, the more you are aware of how few believers there are and how many unbelievers there are and how great the mission is, the more you realize, man, we need to come together and uh, and build these bridges of fellowship with anybody that we can roll our sleeves up with and, and serve in the name of Jesus with and reach out. So, well, um, and I was, I, I was very much already there. We had been a part of the ministerial Alliance there where I was in Oklahoma. Um, that was, uh, made up of, of, um, local denominations and their ministers. And, um, yeah. but there wasn't, uh, it, it was odd being the connecting point because the other churches of Christ in the area weren't part of the ministerial alliance. And I was the only church of Christ guy in the ministerial alliances. Yeah. And that just always felt odd, like having feet in both circles and not th them not being together. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Troy, tell me a little bit about what, what were your perceptions about the acapella stream of churches? Had you had many connection points or relationships? Was there any uh, concern when Henry knocked on your door about, uh, about oh, we're that? really concerned. Yeah, I was <laughs> really concerned. Just didn't, didn't even know who he was or um, yeah, I was very concerned. No, it was, uh, he, he was, uh, he let me know right away who he was and why he was there. So, uh, you know, once I actually answered the door and talked to him, it was, it was fine. Uh, but you know, my, my, uh, I guess experience with the acapella side was it, it wasn't super positive just because my my interactions had been sort of you know that that we were uh, we were we were kind of in the wrong you know for using instruments that uh, even kind of a, a salvation issue you know probably in the times of when I was first involved in sunrises like you know it was like this you know you're well, we start using an instrument, you're kind of going down the slippery slope. And it just was, uh, you know, my, my, my interactions was made me 
believe that it was more of a hard line thing of, of like, you know, yes, we both believe in Jesus, but we can't really have fellowship together. Um, and you know, that maybe, maybe we're not even really truly Christians type of thing. And, and we, we, I think I mentioned earlier, we tried to do a few things together where we'd maybe come to a, an acapella singing night at, at Northside, but that's about all that happened. If, if any Northside people would come to our congregation, it would really be looked down upon like, Hey, you need to not be over at that place type of thing. And so, um, I, you know, I, I was excited when Henry first came, but I also felt like, you know, are, are things really different now? And, and as, as he mentioned earlier, the, the elders from both congregations were, were really on board with us trying to do more together. Like if, he, if even one on either side was extremely uncomfortable with it, it probably couldn't happen. So, um, you know, the different elders are probably in different places personally, but they're all supportive of this and they've all participated in, in events that we've had um, and, and just really seem on board with it. So it's been very pleasantly surprising now um, because at, at the time, uh, going back years, it was like, yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of the black sheep a little bit in the, in the movement, so to speak. And, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of in the wrong. And so, but that's not, that's not how it feels now. So it's been very refreshing and exciting in these current I, times. Yeah. I love, I love that term pleasantly surprising. And I, you know, I think a lot yeah. of our, our listeners, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, contact that person across town or maybe at that church down the street and, start to build that relationship, go for a cup of coffee. And I think, you know, on the uh, proactive side where you're thinking, okay, I'll go knock on that door. Sometimes there's some reservation because maybe that person will assume I'm coming with some agenda. Mm -hmm. And on the receiving end, there might be that, that fear, that concern of uh, maybe they're bringing an agenda that I I don't want (laughs) to let into our church. And it's a sad thing, but I love the way, um, you, you guys have broken those concerns down and such good fruit is coming and just pray that it continues. Yeah, um, for sure. Is, is there anything that's been a surprise or just a encouragement that you weren't expecting? I think the response um, after the first service was a bit surprising to me, just in, not that I was surprised that people enjoyed it. Not that I was surprised that it was uplifting. I wasn't surprised that um, there was a desire to do something again. But it was an immediate and forceful win. Um, and I, I didn't anticipate that much yeah. um, excitement and, and desire for more from such a large chunk of the people who were involved. And like I, I would be um, I ran into somebody whose name I couldn't tell you and probably couldn't point them out if I was at sunrise in a, a store, not far from the building a couple weeks after that service. And it was, she recognized me. I didn't recognize her. And she's like, I can't wait until we do this again. Like, oh, cool good. person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah. I, I agree. Thank yeah. you. Good, no good stuff you right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was the same kind of thing on on my end, and and one thing that I that really uh, stood out to me that I just loved was so the the previous Northside minister that Henry was talking about, you know, he he did meet with me and our and our senior minister at the time, and he wanted to do these kind of things, but with the leadership at the time, it, it just wasn't going to happen, and got to the point where he was kind of 
sort of told you can't you can't yeah. keep doing that. Not like, sort of. He yeah, was. Yeah. Doing so that. And I don't I don't want to like I don't want to talk bad about anybody. It's just the way things were structured at that time. He he really wasn't allowed to do that. And so at this first joint worship service that we had, I, I met this lady afterward, and she was really excited. And, and and basically, she told me that she and her husband. So her husband is the son of this minister that we're talking about. <laughs> and they, they don't even go to Sunrise or Northside um, or any Restoration Church. But when they heard about this joint service happening, they were so excited because of what, what his dad had tried to do in the past that they came to the service and they were there just because they were wanted to be supportive and were so excited that this was happening. And so mm. a story like that was really encouraging to me that they get to kind of see that fruit of what his dad had tried to do several years ago. Yeah. So that was, that was a cool thing for me. And I know Henry loved that too. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. Love to hear all that. Yeah. Um, we're going to bring you guys back for another podcast. Our time's kind of coming to a end here where we've got to wrap this one up, but I'm going to ask you guys to come back, join us again for the next podcast because we've got more questions we want to ask you, but I want to take just a couple of moments and, uh, let our listeners get to know you a little bit more personally and have a little fun together. This is terrifying. I've got some, light, you know, I've got some, <laughs> some lightning round questions. And uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to you know fire one to Troy and then to Henry and then to Troy and to Henry. We'll do a few of these and uh, and let you guys answer and uh, have a little fun with us. All right. So, Troy, you ready? You'll start I'm, us off. I'm as ready as I can next... be. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Troy, what what is your favorite ethnic food? Ethnic food, I would I would probably say uh, Asian food, uh, like sushi and poke bowls and those kind of things. Yep, I'm a seafood guy if I can have the choice. Henry? Thai food. Give me Thai food. <laughs> Thai food. Yeah. All right. Henry, you're first here. Are you a dog or a cat person? Oh, dog, 100%. <laughs> Cats Troy? are evil incarnate. I am I'm a dog person as well. I uh, want nothing to do with cats. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is one country you'd like to visit that you haven't? Henry, for you first. Um, for the, the history of it, I want to go to Germany. I, yeah. I would like to go to England if I could. I, I was an English major, and I'd love to be able to go to, uh, to plays and, and see where Shakespeare lived and all those kind of things. So, Troy, England. what is your go-to place for coffee, and how do you take your coffee? <laughs> well, uh, I normally just drink black coffee at home, but if I'm going to go out somewhere, I like to go to Dutch Bros, um, just because they're always really friendly and upbeat, and I actually like to get energy drinks there. They have their own energy drink, and I'll throw in some flavors that I like, so that's my afternoon pick-me-up. Henry? Ladders Coffee is a local coffee roaster. They've got a few locations, and their downtown location is the best. So. Yeah. All right. What is a... Uh... Henry, a unknown talent that you have that nobody else would know about. Oh gosh, I don't, not many of my talents are unknown. I tend to, to be stuck <laughs> doing them publicly. Um, we'll go with uh, man. I did not see this one. Yeah, I probably <laughs> threw you a curveball there. You did. Um, I uh, I. That's all right. We'll move on. What about I, you, Troy? Yeah. I don't know about yeah. I don't know if it's completely unknown, but I uh, I have kind of a, a memory for trivia and, and useless facts that I just remember <laughs> all of my childhood phone numbers and just music of my son. He'll play uh, 
one or two notes and I'll just know immediately what song it is. So kind of that, a lot of useless information in my brain. Like my family knows that, but maybe a lot of other people don't. So, Okay. Yeah. One last one for you guys. Troy, you're going to kick this one off. Okay. On vacation, would you choose the beach or the mountains or something else? I would definitely choose the beach. I grew up uh, going to the ocean as a kid, and we've taken our own kids there. And my two kids got engaged at the beach, so definitely the beach for me. Uh, the mountains, no doubt. But the, the bonus here is we could just choose the Olympic Peninsula and hit both in <laughs> That's one right. day. That's right. <laughs> uh, good spot. Good yeah. spot. Well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've loved this conversation. And you two are, you, you know, you're proactively doing the things that we're trying to encourage here on Common Grounds, coming together, yeah. finding unity, and, and trying to be a better witness in the community. And that is uh, just truly gets at the heart of what Jesus prayed about. So blessings to you guys. Uh, I'm going to say to our listeners, join us again for our next podcast. We're going to continue this conversation with Troy and Henry. So uh, until that time, let me encourage you to do what Henry did. Go knock on somebody's door and introduce yourself and start building a relationship with a believer in your community that you've either been estranged from or just have never taken the time to get to know. And uh, sit down and have a cup of coffee and a good conversation. Join us again next time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.